Amen. Hey, I want to talk to you today about something that sometimes we get, uh, uh, we kind of, we, we doubt sometimes. How many of you have doubted anything? You knew something, but you still doubted. You know, there, there's times in our lives where we just, we, we don't mean to, it just happens. It's like that song we sang this while ago about the, the blood will never lose its power. We, 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 we doubt that. If we're honest, we doubt that sometimes. We, we even talk about people that we're not sure that the blood of Jesus can really save them. So, oh, I would never do that. Oh, yeah, you do. We say it something like this. Boy, they need Jesus, but I don't know if he can help them. You've heard statements similar to that. Boy, they need Jesus, but I tell you, he's going to be a hard case. It's not for Jesus. It may be for you. But the blood that saved you, guess what? It took no more blood to save you than it did the next person. You know, I got a real revelation one time. I knew the Lord loved me more than he did most people. And I was in church. And I just knew this, Dale. I knew that the Lord loved me more than, especially more than the drunkard or the prostitute or the drug dealer or the drug addict. Or the homosexual. He had to love me more. I mean, I've been serving him for a long time. So there must be some special position for me. And I was worshiping one morning, boy, and I just, you know, and, and the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, I don't love you anymore and I love them. Well, that kind of hurt my feelings. It did hurt my feelings. Now, I know y'all are not, you know, y'all are above that, but I mean, it hurt my feelings. I was kind of upset with God. What do you mean? Uh, what about all these years of service? What about, I've been doing this and I've been this and I read my Bible every day. Done. He said, it don't matter. I love them just as much as I love you. Matter of fact, I, I love them right now equally. Doing whatever they're doing because you know Romans 5.8 says that while we were yet sinners at the bad part of your life that you don't like to talk about that we don't want to put up on the screen at that part of your life, he says, I loved you then. Come on. So I want to talk to you on this topic today. Is there anything too hard for God? Now, now look, everybody, I know, I, don't, that's a stupid title. We're Christian people. We believe that to be true. Is there anything? No, no. Except when it comes to our stuff. You ever made statements like, uh, he can, but I don't know if he will. I hope he does. No, he can. So I want to talk to us today about is there anything too hard for God? We live in a world where you can have it your way and almost instantly. Think about it. You can have it your way just like Burger King. You can have it your way and you can have it right now. I mean, we're so accustomed to going through drive throughs We got drive through everything now. You can, drive, you can drive through and drop your clothes off at the cleaner's. Awesome, praise God. I mean, you can drive through and get, you can get food. You can drive through it and just about get anything through a drive through You can drive through and get your medication from the pharmacy. Wow, that's amazing. You can do anything like that. It's almost instant. We live in a world where you can one-stop shop. You can go to Wally World and get on one side you can get biscuits and gravy on the other side. You can get windshield wiper and, and, and a car oil filter on one side, on the other side. I mean, we, we liked convenience, right? We want it right now. We want it our way, and we're going to argue and be mad if it's not our way. We, we live in that kind of world. It's where we live at. 
We live in a world where you can order just about anything online and usually have it within four or five days. Y'all remember, now some of y'all are younger and you're not going, y'all think that the Amazon and eBay and all that stuff is new. Y'all are so far behind. You young folks that are 30, you're so far behind. We, we had this stuff way before you ever, ever even knew Amazon existed. We had Sears and Roebuck. JCPenney catalog, Dillard's, come on. How many of you remember getting that big old, I mean that song goes like this, it was this thick. You could get everything in there, man. I mean, you could, you could, order, you could order anything out of it. But it took it a while. Fill out the thing right in the middle. How many of you remember the stuff right in the middle? And you had to, and you had to fill out and you ordered them. Had catalog numbers and everything. Man, that was the days. These young folks think they got something. All they done is revise it so you can do it online. We had Amazon way before you guys. So y'all don't have nothing on us. Amen. Amen. We live in a microwave society. We want it and we want it now. Right now. I don't want to wait. I want it right now. How many of you, I don't know if I should ask for confession or not. How many of you have been there? When you want something, you want it right now. And get aggravated when you can't get it. Amen. Come on, let's be honest. We're going to have repentance time after a while. So, so. I go look for something if I want a tool and I go look for it and I'll just get plumb aggravated if I can't find it right there. And it might be on an impulse uh, deal. I'll go in not really needing it, say something. Oh, man, I, I'd like to have it. Hey, y'all got any of these? No, we out. Whew. What do you mean you're out? You got to sign up here. Oh, well, we just ran out. Yeah, but when are you going to get some? Oh, it's to be about six weeks. Six weeks? Well, you ought to take that sign down. You just get all flustered. You really didn't need it. It was an impulse. But you, when you set your mind on something, you want it. And you want it right now. Amen. It's the way my wife was when we got married. She saw me and she wanted me and wanted me right now. I know she just left when I said that. <laughs> Lord, I hope we don't have speakers out there. <laughs> we live in a, this microwave society. Put it in. Get it right now. I want it right now. I don't want to wait for it. I don't want to earn it. I don't want to work for it. I want it right now. Amen? We live in a society where you don't even have to have credit to get a credit card. You ever thought about it? You don't have to have credit to get a credit card. You just send them four or $500. You can get a credit card. How does that work? That don't even make sense to me. Because you know why? The demand. We want it. We want it right now. We live in a world where you can buy a car and not have credit. You can buy a house and not have credit. We live in this crazy world. Because why? Because we've so demanded as a general public. We want it and we want it now. We don't want to pay for the consequences. We don't want to earn it. We want it now. We don't want the hard thing. We don't want to do the hard thing to get there. We want it now. That's society we live in. The problem is this. We have subconsciously taught ourselves in society that if we can do all of these things, why can't God pick up the pace? Why can't God deliver like Amazon? We'll even go back to the old days of the catalog days. Why can't we get it in four or five weeks? 
we've subconsciously, unfortunately subconsciously taught ourselves. Now, God, when I want something, I'm going to want it now. And if you can't perform, I'll get another God. Or maybe I'll just leave you all together. Maybe I'll just uh, acknowledge that, yeah, that, that you are there, but I will doubt you. The Bible says that a man that doubts, when he asks, he's like the wave of the sea tossed to and fro, and he shouldn't expect anything from God. That's what the Bible teaches. It's a great, great move of the enemy called Satan. Doubting. Watch this. Some even wonder if God can really do what we ask. You know, when you get online and you go to Amazon and you're looking for that, uh, whatever it is you're looking for, and you make your selection, you put it in your card and you have your credit card there online, and you hit a button, and in just a few seconds, it'll say, if your credit card's good, it'll say, order successful or something to that successfully ordered whatever order confirmed and then in a day or so maybe that evening if it's in the morning it's in you'll get a thing says your order has been man wouldn't that be great if we could pray in the mornings and the lord would send back say your prayer has been answered it's on the way we'd say oh man glory to god yeah i got it wouldn't we wouldn't we think better of god if we could just, I mean, Amazon does it. How come God can't do it? Is God bigger than Amazon? Oh, yeah. Well, why can't God do what Amazon does? Because Amazon's not God. Amen? Amen? Is it too much for God, or is it simply just too hard for God to answer my prayers? I think a lot of times we kind of believe that subconscious. We've been taught, I ought to have it right now. The world can give it to me, so God ought to be, to be able to do that. And if he can't do that, it must be a little bit out of his control. I'm here to tell you today that there is nothing out of God's control. That there is nothing too hard for God. I don't care what it is. There's nothing too hard for God. So let's go to some scriptures. I have several scriptures this morning. And to our normal people, to you, and, and it means, oh gosh, we're going to be here a while. And to the new people, did you bring a snack? No, I'm kidding. We'll be passing out stuff in a minute. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. I want to show you. That nothing is too hard for God. It says, ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. That's what the prophet said. He looked around and he saw what God had created. And he said, oh, by your power, your great power, there is nothing too hard for you. Here's another uh, in Jeremiah also. A few verses later says in uh, 27, uh, chapter 32, verse 27, says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. And then he's basically, uh, it's like he's saying this. Is there anything too hard for me? I mean, if God asks you that question, the answer is no. 
in case you were wondering. Never say, I, I probably. There is nothing too hard for God. How many of you believe the word of God? How many of you believe the word to be true? So if you believe the word to be true, what I just told you is true. There's nothing too hard for God. We have to settle some things in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits before we can ever move forward in what God can do for us when you ask him. And if you don't believe that he can, you are that wavering wave, if you will, that tossed to and fro. And should you expect anything from God? The Bible says not. Now I want to show you um, three, three things that for you and I, from the Word of God, would seem to be too hard for God. For man, it is too hard. But for God, it is not too hard. First, number one, I call it miracle number one. How many of you ever seen a miracle? I mean a true miracle. Not something on television, but a true miracle. You, you knew it to be this way, and it defied the, the laws of, of, of nature, or it just wasn't medically... Uh, uh, possible. It wasn't by nature. It wasn't possible. And you saw a, a reverse or a change. Anybody? Just raise your hands again. There's been a few. Been a few seen miracle, true miracles. Um, okay. Next question. How many of you are saved? Okay. Pretty much everybody in the building. Well, but then, then why didn't you raise your hand a while ago? Because you getting saved is a miracle. You didn't buy it. You didn't earn it. Come on now. It, it, it wasn't something that you deserve. God didn't have to. You've witnessed a miracle and you didn't even know it. If you're saved, you have had a miracle in your life and you didn't even recognize it by the acknowledgement of you didn't raise your hand. Now, I'm not beating you up. I'm just saying we need to be more aware of God's miracles and what God can do. Because if you want him to do the big things in your life, you better recognize the little things in your life. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Miracle. A miracle of all miracles. Man, if this miracle hadn't taken place, we would, no need for us to have church today. Luke 1, 26. I'll read several verses. I'm just going to read through them and then we'll talk about it. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Um, you bless, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Jesus. Hallelujah. And he will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom therefore will be no end. Now he's saying all this, and Mary probably thinking, who is this cat? She's about 15, 16. Who is this talking to me? And we pick that, her thoughts up in verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, well, how can this be since I don't know a man? In other words, 
she wasn't married and she hadn't been fooling around. She hadn't been committing fornication. We don't like that word in the church. She's saying, I ain't had sex with nobody. How's this going to happen? A little bit. God, I don't want to see this. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been awesome if it's all been right now? Just boom. Just a belly. But boom. You're praying. Oh, Lord. That would have been crazy good, right? But he says, she says, well, how can this be since I don't know a man? Verse 35 says, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. You have to believe that God can do anything to believe this story. That's why it's a miracle that you got saved. That's a miracle. Without the presence of male and female at some point making some kind of contact somewhere, some way, you can't have a baby. Period. I don't care what they try to tell you on television. I don't care what they tell you on whatever it is you watch that's crazy that says a man and a man can have a baby. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You get the picture? Look, I ain't got any problem explaining in detail if you need to. Do you get the picture? Amen. Amen. Okay, just want to make sure. I don't want you to leave here ignorant, okay? Verse 36 says, now indeed, Elizabeth, this is the, the, Gabriel's talking to her, says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, watch this, here's another miracle, who was called barren. She couldn't have kids. Oh, another miracle, six months ago. She was barren. When you were called barren as a woman in the Bible, you were just, oh man, what's wrong with you? Something ain't right. Oh, you can't produce kids? Oh, we'll put you on the back shelf. Another miracle, wrapped in a miracle. Watch this. Verse 37. Is it up on the screen yet? Can we all read it? For. All right, so amen. So we've established that God can do most things. Okay, let's get to that. All means all, and that's all all means. Don't read anything else into it. All means all, and that's all all means. Amen? All right, so God can, it says, for God, nothing will be impossible. It, and this, for God, uh, for with God, nothing, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Verse 38, then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want to say this about miracle number one. In order for nothing to be too hard for God in your life, because see, it's not for him. You make it difficult. We need to become like Mary and say, Lord, whatever your word says, I receive it. That's what she said. She didn't understand the process. She was a young woman, a young, almost at at some of your age, Ralph's age, she's a child. She's 16, 15, 16, somewhere. In and she don't understand everything. She just knows I ain't been with a man. I don't know how, Holy Spirit, I, I don't know how this is going to work. But whatever you, this is what she said, what the word says. Lord, be it according to me. Whatever your word says, that's what I'll do. 
That's what I receive in Jesus' name. Some of you need to start receiving what God's already promised you in his word. But you're afraid, what are you going to do with the free time if God did what, he, what you've been asking him for? What am I going to do now? What's going to be my center of conversation? I always talk about my sickness. I always talk about my illness. I always talk about my problems. God fixes you. What are you going to do? It's a big deal. God is in the business of miracles. Number one, miracle. You can be saved because of this miracle. Amen. Y'all know the story. The rest of the story came on the cross. Okay, I'm going to just take it. Miracle number two. Genesis chapter 18, flip back, that's the first book of the Bible. So take your Bible, flip it over, find the black leather cover, flip over a few pages past the index, and there it is. Genesis chapter 18, starting at verse 9, says this, Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, Here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly, this is one of the angels, the Lord, uh, angel of the Lord, says, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. In my Bible, I don't know about yours, well, it does in this one too, it's in parentheses, a little note, a side note. Sarah says, says, Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. So she's there, she's listening, like a lot of our wives do when we're having conversations, they're listening. You don't know they're listening, but whenever you get through with your conversation, you get off the phone, they pop out of the room and say, who was that? (laughs) None of your business. They called me, not you. If they want you to know, they'd let you know, right? We don't say that. We don't respond that way. That's what we want to. In our heart, we respond that way, if you're honest. But then we would need another miracle. God would need to raise you and I from the dead. Verse 11 says, now Abraham and Sarah were old. Watch this. Well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. I can imagine that. Saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? I, I, don't, I got messed up right there. See, some of y'all thinking something I didn't think. I, I heard that over there. I got messed up because I don't know what she's saying pleasurable is. Because I know, I know it ain't raising kids when you're 90. Come on, can I get a witness from a grandparent? It is not, that is, I don't even know what she's talking about. Some of y'all got an idea that I was talking about something else. I just like bring a little humor into it every now and then. Repentance, Lord, cleanse their minds, let them receive. <laughs> that does mess you up, though. Y'all need to read the Bible like I do. It'd it take you a while. But. In verse 13, it says, And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Then what does he say? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah, being very human, said, uh-uh. She denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. She was afraid you're going to have to raise a kid at 90 is what she was afraid of. She was afraid, and, and, and he said, no. 
but you did laugh. Can you imagine having a conversation with an angel of the Lord and they're refuting what you know to be true in your heart and you deny and they say, no, you do. There's no recourse. You lose. Is there anything too hard for God? Now, I, I I don't want that to happen in my life. If someone comes to my wife and says, you're going to have a child, I am not laughing. That is not a laughing moment. Okay? That's pleading with God saying, God, please no. What must I do, Lord? (laughs) It's another miracle. She can't have children biologically. She cannot have them. It's past that time of life. He's 100 years old. I mean, (laughs) hey, think about it just a second. Got it? Okay. How is this going to work? It's impossible, Scotty. It's impossible. But there's nothing too hard for God. How many of you are faced with something in your life and say, I I cannot, this just doesn't make sense. You ever been faced with something? This does not make good sense. I can't figure out in any way. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Is there anything too hard for God? That's what you got to ask yourself. Is there anything too hard to God? No. That's miracle number two. So watch out if you start laughing about me being bald. You might become bald. Your wife may become pregnant. Come on. <laughs> miracle number three. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, verse 23 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of heaven. Now, most people take that and say, You ain't supposed to have any money if you're going to be a good Christian. That is not what that says. I'm going to prove this to you in just a minute. That's not what that says. Not, not at all. Okay? I'm going to give you the true meaning of this just in a minute, and then I'll show you the miracle. And verse 24 says, and again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard this, they were just like Marty and said, well, who can be saved then? Then he answers this. See, up to this part in verse 23, 24, and 25, It implies that man can save himself. Since it's hard for a rich man to get into heaven. It probably is. We got a lot of worldly ideas and we want to go do things. But the problem is, on your own, it's impossible for you to get to heaven. If you're rich or poor. He only talks about the rich man. But you're rich or poor. It's equally as hard to you to get to heaven. You can't get there on your own. But this is what he says. This is the miracle part. In verse 26, but Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. You see, he knew that his blood that he was going, that it was going to be shed would be sufficient for rich or poor, black or white, or yellow, Hispanic, large or thin. It, was, it has no, no boundaries 
on his blood being able to save, on his ability to make it happen that whoever you are, whatever your economic status, whatever your social status, you can be saved with Christ, in Christ, through Christ. So uh, by yourself, it is impossible for a rich man to stay on track without God and make it to heaven is what he's saying. But with God at the center, oh, all things are possible with God. I don't talk a whole lot about money here, but God used as many rich people as he did poor people. Amen. If you're rich, that would be an amen moment. Glory to God, I'm going to make it. If you're poor, there's hope. Yes, I can be rich and still serve the Lord. I've had people tell me before, you can't make but so much money and still be a, a minister of the gospel. I'm saying, man, you get thee behind me, Satan. Lord Jesus, what kind of whack church you go to? All things are possible with God. Miracle number three, God has the power to save anybody. God has the power. Is there anything too hard for God? Lee, will you come to the piano, honey? If you're new, that is not my honey. Her honey is right there, but she's my second honey, okay? Uh, and we're good with that, aren't we, Cole? Cole we're good. A amen. Woo. He carries a gun. I need to know he's okay with me, okay? So what is this thing that's too hard for God in your life? I gave you three examples. There are many more. We don't have time to, to go through all of those things that God can do that you can't even, you, you, you physically can't explain, mentally, intellectually. You, you cannot explain how it happened. No one in the medical field can, how did that happen? I don't know. And, and, and no one in, the, in, in any arena, I don't know how it happened. It's not supposed to happen. But there's nothing too hard for God. We serve a God. We say we serve a God. That it took a miracle for you to even be saved. Your, your faith is built on a miracle itself, on something that was with men was impossible, but with God was no problem. Your, your faith, your foundation is built on that very thing that takes away all of the thought of humanity that says, well, this is why this happened. No, nobody knows that. Nobody can explain how this happened. No theologian can explain how Mary became pregnant other than saying, well, the Holy Spirit came upon her. Duh, we got that. But tell me, I mean, that, how'd that work? Holy Spirit is not a person. How did it work? Because nothing is too hard for God. That's how it worked. Sometimes you just got to believe that nothing is too hard for God. Sometimes you have to settle in your heart that nothing is too hard for God. When that report comes that you don't like from the doctor, nothing is too hard for God. When, the final, when there's more, more month at the end of the check, there's nothing too hard for God. When the kids are crazy, there's nothing too hard for God. When the prodigal son is still running, nothing is too hard for God. When the marriage is on the rocks, nothing is too hard for God. 
Your, your very, again, your very faith is built on the idea that nothing is too hard for God. I've seen miracles, true miracles. I've seen them. I've witnessed, I've been an eyewitness not a hear that I hear that I heard somebody say or I was in the parking lot when it went on in the church or I was in the parking lot when it happened. No, I've, I've witnessed true miracles, unexplainable miracles that had to be God because nothing is too hard for God. We've got to settle that in our spirits. You're saved today because nothing is too hard for God. So what are you faced with today? That you think you'll never overcome. You think it's not possible. Humanly speaking, it is impossible. They've told me it's impossible. I don't see a way out of it. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. Nothing is too hard for God. But I've been praying for four years. Nothing, come on, is too hard for God. But Pastor, you know, I've really been trying. I've been in my Bible for the last seven days. Nothing is too hard for God. Pastor, you don't really understand how long I've been praying for this impossibility to become possible. Probably not. Does it matter if I do understand it? What I do know is nothing is too hard for God. That's what I know. That's what I've settled in my heart. That nothing is too hard for God. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what stronghold. I don't don't care what financial issue. I don't care what medical issue. I do not care what relational issue. Because I may care all the way to kingdom come, but I can't fix that. But nothing is too hard for God. Nothing. It's too hard for God. Sometimes, and I'm going to wrap this up. In our microwave society, we want it to happen right now. We want to pray. Now, God, you know I got a timeline. They're going to, this is going to happen next, tomorrow, Monday. And Lord, I'm going to need you to go ahead and get, get, uh, get this all lined up. I'm going to need my answer this afternoon. Lord, you know I'm kind of impatient, by the way, but you. God is not on your schedule. That's another thing you've got to settle in your heart. God is, God is not on your time frame. Matter of fact, God is not on time. God is, God is a spirit. He is outside of time, space, and matter, for, for that fact. He's not, he's not confined by any of those. And so when we pray, God may not answer this afternoon. God may not answer tomorrow. Come on. Those that wait upon the Lord, Psalm 91, they'll be renewed. 
like wings of eagles. You may not get your answer this week. You, you, you may not get your answer next week. I've prayed for 32, almost 33 years for my kids. Don't tell me I'm tired of praying. Well, it's not that dear to you then. Come on, what something's dear to you, you'll take that petition to the Lord. Every day you'll be taking it to the Lord. It's me again. I know there's nothing too hard for you. Lord, I've been praying. And Lord, it doesn't look like things are getting better, but I've been, I know there's none too hard for you, God. It's when you get out in the trenches and you're shoveling the dirt and you're all dirty. God, I've been doing this. I've been doing what you words. I know there's nothing too hard for you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I don't send my answer. I'm still walking by faith, not by my emotions, not by what I feel. Lord, I'm walking by faith. I know there's none too hard for you, God. Every now and then I break down a little bit and say, but Lord, I need a little help down here. Lord, can you strengthen my spirit? Lord, can you strengthen my flesh? Lord, can you strengthen my intellect? Lord, can you help me to believe and not doubt? Because I know there's nothing too hard for you, God. I know it. I've settled that, Lord. While I'm waiting on your promise, Lord. While I'm waiting on what your word says. I'm going to believe that there's nothing too hard for you. Nothing's too hard for you, God. Nothing. Nothing. It's too hard for God. Will you stand with me across this building?